0: The Murders and Mysteries podcast series brought to you by the Grand Island Independent. Check out special subscription offers at our website, theindependent.com, slash sign up for more information. Welcome back to Murders and Mysteries podcast series from the Grand Island Independent. I'm your host, Josh Salmon. Here in episode number three, we find out about Nebraska's first serial killer. No, it's not who you may think. Joining me today is Dr. Nathan Ty, assistant professor of history at the University of Nebraska, Kearney. This is Murders and Mysteries. Uh, Dr. Ty, Stephen Richards is the man named one of the most sick and disturbed individuals to ever walk on the face of the earth. Tell us about this guy.
1: So, Stephen D. Richards... Is Nebraska's first serial killer?
0: He was a yeah. He was a very sick individual. I think nine victims is what they counted, but I think there was actually more than that.
1: He ultimately confessed to to nine victims. There are some some folks who who consider that there are more. Um, he lived under a number of different aliases as he kind of traveled around the the area of, of predominantly central Nebraska. He was originally from West Virginia and then and but grew up in Ohio. So. Uh, and there's, there's one also murder in, in Iowa. Uh, he does murder somebody out there. Yeah, so he's the, the first serial killer. He's also the first person executed by the state of Nebraska.
0: See, a lot of people think of Charlie Starkweather, and it's like, you got to go back farther than this. We're talking like early 1800s on this guy. Yeah.
1: This is uh, 1876 through 1879. Um, so this is, you know, 15 years. This is just, you know, uh, a decade um, into statehood. So very early on, you know, the city of Kearney is founded in 1873. And he's in the area 1876. So just three years after Kearney's founded, you know, Minden, where he also is spending time, is, is not that much older. Um, Fort Kearney itself shuts down in 1872. So, you know, this is right at this kind of turning point, um, in, in a lot of these communities where they're, they're really just starting to develop. And, and he's, you know, engaging with multiple murders happen inside houses. Part of that kind of homesteading. History in a very negative way, obviously,
0: definitely, and I think of the Harlson family as part of that um, maybe we can get into that here a little bit too with with the Harlson family that was probably uh, uh one of the more gruesome ones that I know
1: about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so he he his his first documented his first confessed murder is occurs between uh, Kearney and and Minden. Um, that it, it happens in the the, the Dobie town area what is what was known then as Kearney Junction right. um, and was the the city that was just off of the fort um, where soldiers could go and get alcohol, could gamble, could you know kind of engage in those things that the military didn't allow on the fort proper, right. Uh, but that city kind of went into decline after the building of the railroad and the establishment of Kearney. But so he was traveling, um, was with an unnamed travel companion, um, and they got into a fight uh, near the Platte River, um, and he shot him um, through the... uh, uh, In in his confession, uh, he he describes um, hitting the guy above the eyeball um, and dumps his body in the Platte River. Mm -hmm. Um, Then a couple of days later, he's also in that, in that area. Um, he comes upon another man asking about the and first gentleman. It's like, so, Hey, so have you seen my friend?
0: Yeah. Where's Bob? I don't know where Bob is.
1: And so he gets, he gets concerned and, um, is worried he's going to be going to be found out. And so murders this gentleman, um, and then b- disposes of the body somewhere again, kind of in that Platte river area. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, there's another gentleman who he actually murders, um, he also confesses to murdering south of the Burlington and Missouri Railroad Bridge, which, for those of you in the area, this would actually be the the railroad bridges at the Carney State, uh, Fort Kearney State Recreation Area. Um, he talks about uh, murdering someone there at the at the bank of one of the one of the bridges, um, and then also disposing of the body. So he he has these kind of one-off murders, and it's usually he's again, um, it, it's a fight. Um, in a couple of these cases, that, that he's accused of being a liar, um, he really doesn't like that being um, thrown at him, and so so he kind of has these these episodes. Um, but it's but it's the Harlan family, and then and then the, the murder of Peter Anderson that, that ultimately bring him to the attention of the law and become the focus of, of his, his ultimate execution in Minden in 1879.
0: Yeah, and it looks like he kind of got to know the Harlan family through a jail connection. Is that right?
1: yeah so the harlson family were a family of homesteaders outside uh, minden in the- again in the, in the Kearney county area, and he knew the the husband um of the harrelson family initially the the husband um had been accused of stealing lumber from the Platte River bridge um which which went over the river and, and connected the two communities um and uh there was another gentleman another another bank robber and and these men were were in jail. Um, and he, along with some other kind of irreputable folks in the area, um, assisted in their escape from jail. Now, he doesn't, in his confession, he doesn't say how he contributed to their escape from jail. Right. Um, just says that he he somehow, he and others, again, does not name them, um, and then also Harlson's wife contributes to this. And the Harlson family are considered a rougher homesteading family. I mean, obviously, the husband is, is, is caught for, for, for larceny, and then the, the, the wife is also kind of considered a, a, a little rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have they have a number of children. They have, they have three children who live with them at, at their homestead, and so after the husband escapes from jail and leaves, Richards kind of moves in with the family, and he has an agreement with with the, with the wife that he will get a quarter section from her for a couple hundred bucks. Um, that he will work on um, proving it up, and um, will will she'll loan him some money. He'll 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 take possession of it, and so ultimately that this, this uh, financial exchange does happen. Um, and and during this process, he's living with the family. They live in a, a you know a, a two bedroom sod house.
0: So the dad's not living there at the time, then.
1: The, the dad is not living there at the time. There's another gentleman who's living there, um, uh, just known as uh, Mr. Brown, um, mm-hmm. who's. Um, living there at the time, and, and part of the thing with, with Richards, and this is partially the, the difficulty in kind of following him around, and, and kind of, he, he's traveling under assumed names um, at, at various points in time, and he's traveling pretty far afield. He's he's spending time, he's going up to Wyoming, he's traveling the railroad, he's going between Grand Island and Hastings and Kearney, um, also at one point goes into Lincoln and Omaha, and so he, he's moving around, and he's, he's a Functionally, a casual laborer. He's a farm hand. He just kind of has work here and there, and so people pay him, um, you know, for uh, help me on my sod house, and I'll, I'll pay you for you know x amount of weeks, or I will help you with this harvest or whatever. He doesn't have a specific skill set beyond just kind of being a, a, a farm hand, kind of you know worker, and so he he's moving around a lot, and so this opportunity, right, to kind of get in with this family, settles him down a little bit more. Like he's he's starting to put down roots. A little bit and so he ingratiates himself with with this family but then ultimately makes the decision because um, after one of his earlier murders he had he had gone to the Harlson house um, and didn't know that he was covered in blood and joked with them and he again shares this in his confession that like mrs. Harlson was like yeah you do know you're covered in blood right and he's uh, like oh yeah no it's just because I murdered somebody oh, yikes. I mean he, he confesses but he's running it off as a joke and that the, according to his confession it just it, it kind of the conversation peters out he he, while he's staying with with the um Harlson family he begins to kind of share some of his his darker episodes um with Mrs. Harlson he starts to think that she might suspect you know or might turn him in or, or you know it, he's going to get caught um and also this this brown gentleman, this other farmhand, who's kind of like staying with them, um, and and working on on the homestead. Um, and so he there, there's two. He, he gives a couple sets of confessions, and in, in the the, the most well known one, the published confession that's that's published as a book. Um, he gives kind of two versions of this that that he you know thought that they were going to find out, so he 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 kills the whole family, um, in a half hour. And in the other one, um, kind of the second follow-up confession, he he in the initial confession he said it took him a half hour. So this this gruesome murder of the Harlson family, you know, happens. The, the, they are all killed presumably by him. He confesses to it.
0: And He uses an axe, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uses an axe. Which he goes out, digs the holes, and then uh, leaves the axe leaning by the front door, so that when he comes back in, um, he can he can off the family, starts with the mother, and then actually goes in reverse age, starts with the, with the next youngest child. Um, and the, the children are sleeping in the same bed as the mother, because um, again, it's a, it's a two-room sod sure. house. Um, so murders the mother, murders the children, and then murders the baby. Um, and then after that, the, the, the next episode is, is the murder of Peter Anderson, and that's the one that ultimately leads to his capture and, and imprisonment.
0: Okay, so let's get into that one. Uh, Anderson was a farmer. This is uh, like December 9th, 1978, or 1878, right around there. Peter Anderson was his name, a Swedish farmer. I'll let you take it from there.
1: Yeah, and so Peter Anderson, he's a, he's a Swedish homesteader. He's a single young guy living, again, in in the Kearney County area. And he uh, hired uh, Stephen D. Richards. Um, there's some speculation that he might have been hired under an assumed name that he didn't, you know, he hired on something else. But but he offered to help him with, with his homestead, again, is this you know, a job as a farmhand, and they got fighting one evening. And it, it Richards would ultimately claim it was self-defense, um, but that he killed him uh, with a hammer. That um, he saw him reaching for like an axe, and so he responded in kind, grabbed something, hit him, killed him, and then freaked out because then somebody like knocked at the door. Shortly thereafter, after this happens, and it's it's a, it's other groups of Swedish immigrants who are like looking for Peter. Because again, this is this is Carney County in this time period. There's a very large Swedish, Scandinavian population mm-hmm. in, in the area, and so you know there's others, other others who have you know immigrated at, around the same time period, and and are kind of helping each other out. And so these people show up, and so uh, Richards again in his confession talks about he rushes to the front door, locks it, um, and then like hides. And they knock on the door, and they're like, you know, hey, it's Peter inside, and. Nobody answers. And so then he takes Peter, drags him into the cellar and puts him under a pile of coal um, and, and hides the body um, and then gets everything cleaned up and then leaves. And in in that process, more people have shown up, more people are looking for Peter hmm. and they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, have you seen him? Um, and they're like, no, I think he went off, you know, somebody, he, he was off selling wheat or something he was he was just wasn't home and so he's like you know but I have the key and I will give it to you and you can go look in the house and so he he uses this opportunity to then escape.
0: Coming back Richards gets located and punished for his heinous crimes when murders and mysteries continues at the Grand Allen independent our award winning staff provides the best in news sports and photography. Your trusted source since 1870 is the Grand Island Independent. Special subscription offers are available. Visit slash sign up for more information. Welcome back to Murders and Mysteries podcast series from the Grand Island Independent. Josh Salmon here with Dr. Nathan Tai, Assistant Professor of History at UNK. Before the break, we talked about the murders and crimes committed by Stephen Richards, who's officially Nebraska's first serial killer. Dr. Ty. so the authorities get clues and are trying to track down Richards. Take us from there.
1: Um, ultimately making his way by train to Omaha and then, and then in Ohio. Um, because then the body is discovered. Um, the dots are kind of connected between all of these things. And the, you know, there's a the 19th century version of an all points bulletin is is put out by telegraph that the the governor silas garber at the time puts out a wanted you know announcement saying you know this this individual is wanted for for these specific crimes um there's a reward that is posted um this is distributed all across the country and when he goes back home he goes back to his his hometown of, of Mount Vernon, Ohio. Uh, he's ultimately captured kind of variously, regardless of the account, he's captured with two women, um, either like in a field or on his way to a, a ballroom dancing or something. So yeah, he goes back to town. Everybody kind of recognizes him.
0: And he's only about 23 at this time, right? People didn't live as long back then. Right. So
1: this sure. is, by our standards, he's young, but by their standards, he's much more of an adult. And so he's arrested and then shipped back, you know, spend some time in the state pen, um, spend some time in the Kearney jail, spend some time in the Minden jail, um, and then is ultimately um, convicted in the Kearney County court on two charges, two murder charges. There's a grand jury convened um, and the, the charges that they are asked to consider are the the murder charges for the Harlson family. What one for the totality of the whole Harlson family, and then one for, for Peter Anderson. And the witnesses are brought forward kind of describing like, well, we know that he knew these people, you know, he, he does not deny killing Peter Anderson. He says, yes, but it was self-defense and the, the murder weapons are brought forward. And then he is he is convicted on both charges, and so after that, then um, is imprisoned for a period, um, which he then meets with journalists and and gives his confession, um, which is which is published both in the Nebraska State Journal, but then uh, like an entire book, um, which is still available, is published with with his confession, um, and he he talks about why he did it, kind of his life, um, his various jobs, his kind of run-ins with, with other types of, of criminality, of theft. He, he gets involved in counterfeiting, um, distributing counterfeited money at one point in time. He alludes to kind of his, the, the women that he knows. He has a fiance who he, he writes to, but then he also has a, a, a girlfriend or a partner in Hastings who he just refers to as Dolly, who he thinks may or may not be the person who kind of alerted the police to where he went and talks about his life, talks about the crimes.
0: Here's how sick this guy is after uh, after the murders uh, of the second family uh, of the Anderson, Mr. Anderson. Anyways, he says uh, when his friends asked him why he was being arrested, 23-year-old Richards joked for killing of two or three families, I guess. I mean, that's how sick he is.
1: He's fairly flippant um, with, with the authorities, um, you know, when he's having these conversations and and really, you know, um, becomes something of a press sensation that, that both these murders are incredibly gruesome it's kind of a an early form of true crime there's interest in this time period through dime novels and 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 kind of sensationalized newspapers for this type of story um of you know these sensationalized crimes, gruesome gore, murder, the, the things that still animate true crime podcasts and stuff today. There's, there's some of that going on. And also just because he's the, he's the first documented serial killer in the state. And then the fact that he, he gives these confessions to the press, you know, and is, is sharing his story and articulating it. So there's also local interest. Cause the other thing that's with his confession is his uh, phrenology report. So this is that the 19th century racial science of like measuring your skull and like determining what your personality is, um, whether you were a criminal based on like your skull size and what your brain looked like and all these things. And so, you know, he had all these measurements done. The scientist came in and, and you know, used calipers and like looked all over his skull and was like, well, and, and gives the full report like, well, this part's enlarged, this part's not. This proves that he's you know, a, a criminally insane, you know, murderer because right. of his skull shape. So it's not quite like you would have with kind of the pop psychology of today right. or the forensic psychology think, or all those yeah. kinds of things you know it's it's the very very inaccurate and racist for 19th century version of that but but there's interest in him um, as kind of this unique um, figure you know both through the press and, and and everything
0: so in 19 January 15th 1879 in Minden trial began 9 a.m on Richards and uh, this is when he was executed. Sometimes short. Well, in April, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: or April uh, seventy nine. So, so early in, in in statehood history, those who are convicted of capital offenses are executed where the trial happens, um, and the trials take place at the look. You know, where the crimes, sure. the county where the crimes are happening. So, um, you know, in in the the longer history of, of capital punishment in the state, um, you know, there's there's um, extrajudicial killings. There's there's lynchings. Throughout the history of the state, most notably the 1919 um, murder of, of William Brown in Omaha, but there's also, you know, by and large, capital punishment is happening at the state penitentiary in Lincoln, and the state of Nebraska has not executed that many criminals in, in its long history. And the most notable is, is Charlie Starkweather, right, and in, in um, Nebraska's most famous serial killer, but. In this earlier period, they're happening in the communities. And so in Minden, um, you know, on the courthouse lawn, which today is re- thought of as like, oh, the, the Christmas lights, <laughs> that, that's that's the courthouse in Minden, they build a gallows um, for stevie d richards and in this period executions are also private so there's a big fence that is put around so the public cannot see actually what's going on so so they build the gallows and they build this enormous fence around it and and then to attend you have to get tickets um so you it's you know members of uh, law enforcement it's victims families it's local notables like the mayor and stuff um and then richards himself is given like some say and who can attend like he can invite people to his execution and so okay. um, th- there's a cleric who he kind of a, a chaplain who he talks to in prison um, and, and is, is present in some of the, the stuff in the confession um, and then there's the journalists who, who he's giving this confession to and other kinds of members of the press um, and then the, the sheriffs from multiple counties are, are present from Adams County, Hall County, Dawson County, Buffalo County Kearney County are all, are all there um, and then in in the description of the execution that's given with his confession um, says that when he's put into the wagon, taken out of the out of the jail, and, and put into a wagon, and he's kind of then paraded around the courthouse square for for an assembled crowd. Because um, ultimately the contemporary stuff says about fifteen hundred people show up, you know, because this this is the event, you know, of the decade
0: yeah.
1: um, in the area. And so he's paraded around. And in in the confession, it says that the guards on the wagon we're all Swedish, as kind of a little, like, small bit of revenge for for murdering oh. Peter Anderson. And um, then he's, he's taken to the scaffolds, um, but there is such a public demand to see what's going on, um, the assembled crowd actually tears apart and disassembles the fence wow. that is surrounding the gallows. You know, and then afterwards, the, the scaffolding and the, all the equipment that was used becomes a bit of a souvenir. So, for example, the state historical society has a chunk of the noose um, that someone someone collected, and they have a ticket.
0: No eBay back then.
1: Yeah, who? Yeah, who? who so th- this was preserved,
0: um, and so
1: folks have, have have written about it. Nobody's really done like kind of a, a robust scholarly um, you know analysis of it. It's it's folks who are interested in like true crime. It's folks who are interested in kind of the wider history of serial killers. Um, or it's been, I think six, seven years now, like the sci-fi channel had like some paranormal ghost hunters kind of investigate this case. Um, So there's, there's some of that, again, this widespread popular interest in, in him, but, but no, um, as far as I know, no, like historians have, have gone and really spent time with it in the, Broader context of like 1870s Nebraska, like what particularly about him, um, you know, following the leads on all of these assumed names that he's living under, you know, trying to track down because because the Harlsons. I don't think it's really well. I don't know where they're buried. I haven't been able to find any evidence of, of where those folks are are buried. For example, Peter Anderson is buried in Axtell and his tombstone says he was murdered. Wow. Um, it, it specifically says it says Peter Anderson murdered on December. You know. Uh, 1878. Um, so that's, it's very clear, but, but the Harlson family itself, I've, I've poked at this a little bit and I haven't been able to find where they're at. And the same with, with Richards himself, there's various press reports about what happens to his body and that is not known where his body is at. So there's, there's other mysteries that that kind of abound with, with this, with this story and and the initial people that he killed, right. You know, those bodies are, he acknowledges at least one was thrown in the Platte river, but two were buried somewhere in southern buffalo county northern Kearney county if anybody wants to start looking um
0: yeah look for jimmy hoffaway out there
1: yeah yeah so there's 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 more there's more to this yeah well,
0: 140 years later people still talking about it so that's pretty interesting a lot of people like you said know Starkweather, weather but they don't know steven richards and so now they know who the first serial killer was and the first person executed in nebraska is the same man steven richards very cool. Uh, Dr. Nathan Ty from UNK, history professor. Appreciate your time, man. Thanks as always. No problem. Always happy to chat. Next week, we hear about a Grand Island bank robbery from 1932 that took place in the middle of the day in downtown, nonetheless. Did they get away with it? And how much did they get away with? Find out next time on Murders and Mysteries podcast series. Murders and Mysteries podcast series from the Grand Island Independent is copyrighted by Lee Enterprises 2022.